thanks for joining us. We've been in the story of King David um, that really uh, brings us into the worst day of King David's life. He's been leading his warrior band of 600 men back to his hometown of Ziklag, great name for a town. And as he's heading to that town, they see the plumes of smoke. They see that there's been a, a, a war raid and their families have been taken. Their, their town, their city has been razed to the ground and they weep. David chooses not to get bitter and he encourages himself in the Lord. This week, we're going to be lurk, looking at um, this question. How do you hear from God on the worst day of your life? I think that on these moments that are the worst day, the worst uh, maybe hour or the worst season, we need a word from the Lord to encourage us, to help us see hope in the midst of it. And um, I want to look at that now. And so you can turn your Bibles, if you have them, to 1 Samuel chapter 30 while you're turning there. You can also follow along on the screen with us. But um, I remember one time my dad getting home uh, from work and he drove up our long driveway and my my sister, who was probably about five or six at the time, she saw dad come home and she looked at him. And she just yelled. She said, dad, are you in a good mood or a bad mood? And I... That word in that moment just made my dad look over and all the neighbors look over. And I was like, Katie, he's in a bad mood now. <laughs> it's amazing what a word can do in a moment. I remember when we first planted Whitewater um, and we were working so hard. And I was asking the Lord, man, are, is this going to happen? It's going to have to be you because we started in a home. We started with a few people. And uh, I remember there was a one moment where God just clearly spoke to my, my heart. And he says, I'm going to do this. And I was able to just to just trust in him. A timely word from God um, can change every moment. So let's look at a story where David teaches us how to hear from God. First Samuel chapter 30. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Malachites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag, burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children, all their families, and everyone else without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. I mean, they were ready to kill him. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. If you remember last week, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Then he said to Abathar, the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. And if you guys remember last week, in this story, you're going to hear some great names for future kids that might be born uh, after this uh, episode that we're in as a, as a country, nine months from now. I'm going to give you a little bit of history on Abathar. Abathar was a priest that David had met and befriended, and he was the only surviving priest of a massacre that had happened uh, a few years earlier with King Saul. Now, he had become one of David's closest advisors. David was really uh, a, a wise leader. He had pulled uh, multiple um, advisors into his 
army into his um, into his crew. Um, one of them's name was Joab, and he was like the leader over his uh, battle plans. He was the leader over his warriors. Abathar was the leader of like worship of of uh, the priests. And um, I think when we look at David, we can see a model for making sure when we make decisions, we have um, our advisory team. We've got people that we look to, maybe your own personal um, board of advisors. Really interesting thing is that Abathar would bring David the clothing for worship. Joab would bring, would bring David the clothing for war. And in this situation, David doesn't go to Joab first and get the clothing for war. He first worships God and seeks a word from God. And so here's what happens. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? So he asked God, what should I do? Who do you want me to, what, who do you want me to go after? What should I do? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David seeks the wisdom and guidance of God. And he remembers the character of God. He remembers the faithfulness of God for moments in his life earlier. And then these 10 words from God, Changed David's life in the wor- on the worst day of his life. This word from the Lord changes the trajectory of his life. No one else could have spoken these words to David. No one else could have given him this confidence. No other voice could have given him the right wisdom in this moment. And sometimes the last thing we do in a crisis, the last thing we do on the worst day of our life, is seek the voice of God when it probably should be the first thing we do. Now, I want to say God speaks to us through people, through circumstances, but we need to be paying attention. David used his wise leaders. He went and worshiped, and he had confirmation, but he wanted a word from the Lord. I have a friend named Abby, and on the worst day and the worst season of their life, they were grieving what seemed like an imminent loss of their little daughter, Lily. And my friend Abby, I remember her telling me that she was like tearing up. She says, I was uh, crying. And... um a custodian came up to me from the hospital and said, girl, you don't cry, you pray. And for her in that moment, that was the Lord speaking to her. And my wife, when she was going through um, a few years of really bad chronic pain, it just changed everything in our lives. And I remember there was a moment where Sarah uh, was seeking the Lord, a word for that season. And um, she said, she felt like God said, say, you know, patience. I'm with you. We go through moments that we got to seek a word from the Lord. In the middle of a crisis, in the middle of the worst day of his life, David knew when to seek a word from the Lord. Do you know when to seek a word from the Lord? I mean, David, it failed in some major ways later in his life. And every failure he had, he still turned back to the Lord because he knew he needed a word from him. Um, Some of us need to realize rather than digging a deeper hole or rather than denial, denying that there's a problem uh, or uh, trying to just run through the brick wall and and just try to make things happen and control our situations, we just need to stop and seek that word from God. So how do we do that? Let's look um, at what this story in the Bible teaches us about seeking a word from God. First thing we have to know is God has designed you to hear his voice. God's designed you. He's wired you to hear his voice. Um, John 10 says this, 
the sheep, this is Jesus speaking, the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. They follow him because they know his voice. We are wired to hear God's voice. Um, this is um, from the book of Job. Job 33, 14 says, For God does speak, now one way, now another, though uh, man may not perceive it. And uh, a real good rule of thumb is to pay attention to Scripture, uh, provide kind of guidelines um, and boundaries for hearing God's voice, pay attention to your circumstances, and also pay attention to the inner movements of your heart, that the Spirit puts impressions on your heart. But God does speak to us, and we need to be listening for him. In fact, the, the human person is designed to walk with God. Adam and Eve walked with God. They were in relationship with God. God spoke to them. That's what we're designed for. It's like a, a, a radio uh, tuner. Like we, we just got to learn how to tune in and tune past all the static. And there's a lot of static and fear right now. And we have to tune in to hear God's voice. We need to get into God's word, the scripture. We need to slow down, listen to our hearts and look at the circumstances and be people who know that God is speaking and get clarity on that. So how to receive a timely word from God. And here's the first step that I think we can learn from the story of David. One is prepare your heart. Prepare your heart. In verse 7 of our story, it says, Then he said to Abathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought that to him. He prepared himself for worship. The, the ephod is the linen, the worship clothing. And he actually clothed himself for worship and hearing from God. And I think there's times where we need to slow down. Maybe it's putting on music. It's getting yourself in a, in a posture of worship and ready to hear from God. The other thing here is those who spend time with the Lord are trained by the Lord. I want you to notice, too, that David goes to a wise spiritual counselor. He's got Abathar, the priest. That's a wise counselor for him. And man, I've got a financial counselor. I've got um, friends who are professional counselors. I've got um, all kinds of counselors in my life. But man, right now, what I need uh, probably more than anything is spiritual counsel for my soul. And uh, that's something that David did to prepare his heart to hear from the Lord, a trusted spiritual counselor to help prepare himself. Next step is ask. Might sound simple, but ask. In the story, it says David asked the Lord. He asked him, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? He's really saying, What should I do? Should I do this or should I do that? And he seeks the Lord. He asks. It's so important that we reach out to God. I think we need to assume that God is a good father who wants the best for us. And if that's true, then we should have no problem reaching out to him. It kind of knocks down those barriers of like, will God really listen? Does God really care? Is he really good? Is he really powerful? God is a good father and we can reach out to him. Ask. The third thing is listen. Listen. In the story, it says this, and the Lord told him. So just talk. the Lord told him, David had to ask. And then listen. Sometimes we might ask, but not listen. God says, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. And so David prepared himself, asked, and then received the Rima word from God. And God gives him these 10 powerful words go, that, that say, go for it, go after him. And James 1.5, for any of us who are wanting to learn to ask, James says this, if you need wisdom... Anybody need wisdom right now? 
um, I've got a house full of kids and, um, and me and my wife are trying to figure out like, what's wisdom to do right now with our family? And with my family that, uh, my parents, what am I going to do with them? In this situation for our church, what am I going to do with them? Well, I don't want to skip this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. God's not going to get mad that we ask him. He wants us to ask him and he will give generously the wisdom that we need. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. It's like, just don't be flippant. Don't be like, God, what are you going to do? And frantic and not really ready to listen. Like have faith that he will answer. And if you have faith and you're not just going, you're not getting tossed like a wave on the wind. If you have faith that God will answer, you're going to be looking for God's answers. It's just so important. Um, That's really important on how we listen with uh, ears of faith. Number four, trust God's word. It's one thing to get ready for it. It's one thing to believe that God does speak. It's one thing to listen to it, but it's another to trust God's word. And when you've got godly counsel and it lines up with scripture, circumstances, what you know in your gut, in your heart, the spirit is saying to you, trust God's word. Verse nine of 1 Samuel 30, it says, so David and his 600 men set out. They acted on what God had said to David. David activated his men. He led his men who were, who had, many of them had lost trust in David and he led them and he trusted God's word. This is a trustworthy saying, do not forget in the darkness what God has said to you in the light. When you, when you are clear on what God has spoken to you and you are clear um, in wisdom and by God's spirit, what God's word has said to you in the light, in that moment of clarity, don't forget it when you're in the darkness. Don't forget it when you're in the storm. Don't forget it when you're facing the opposition, when you're facing that fear. Trust in God's word. Once you know, you can go. So I want to encourage you guys to trust in God's word. Let me share a story with you of a friend who uh, had to seek God during one of the worst moments and seasons of his life and give you some of the wisdom that came out of this. And this is uh, shared with permission. My friend wrote, anyone who doesn't know the date of their worst day sadly might not have gone through their worst day. He says, mine was March 20th, 2002. As I reflect on like reflected on getting through my worst day all those years ago, I, I'll share a few lessons that I learned. Number one, God works in the ordeal, not the ideal. And God is on the job. Pain is an unwanted gift, for it has the ability to refine us and bring us closer to God. He writes, however, I have had to ask myself quite extensively, Why is God allowing this to happen? I think this is a common question people have when they are going through their worst day. What kind of God allows terrible things? Did God do this? Was this a fair God's doing? Well-meaning Christians can make it worse by saying, oh, don't worry, this is all part of God's plan. I don't buy that for a second. A cousin of mine encouraged me to subscribe to the approach of our Middle Eastern Christian brothers and sisters uh, when, they, when they are suffering. 
And these, so, these folks have known suffering, and they know something about pain. They simply acknowledge that times like this are simply brutal, and they plea for God's mercy and healing. That said, I had to take a hard look at God's gift of free will and come to understand that my pain is not a part of this plan of God's. I just don't believe a loving God works like that, and I also think that God is incapable of sin. But I do think this is a big question people have about God when they're going through tragedy, when they're going through the worst day of their life. What I learned and came to believe is that God is the master at making good out of bad. I actually believe God comes alongside us and feels our suffering with us, that his suffering on the cross allows him to have empathy with our pain and for our pain. This was another remarkable side effect of my worst day and why pain is truly an unwanted gift. Guys, when, you, when you're hitting the moment and you're realizing the moment on the worst day, the worst hour, the worst season of your life, seek a word from God in that moment. Thanks for tuning in. Love you so much.